I'm an optimist, I think. If somebody described me, would you be this? Would you? I'm a realist, but I'm an optimist. I believe that that gives you hope and that makes you energise yourself and galvanise yourself into action. Hello and welcome to Conversations in Confidence, a podcast by It Cosmetics UK. I'm your host, Rose Gallagher, the UK and Ireland brand ambassador. And each week I'm going to talk to some of our friends from the industry about their own confidence journey. This morning, we're in West London and I'm joined by one of the industry's most loved makeup artists, Ruby Hammer. With over 25 years of experience within the beauty industry, Ruby was even awarded an MBE in 2007 for her long-standing contribution to the cosmetics industry. Today, we're going to talk about her journey in makeup and beyond. So, Ruby, good morning. Thank you so much for joining good us. Good morning. It's lovely for you to have me I'm very very chuffed thank you I'd love to kind of start at the beginning really and maybe ask you about your earliest memory of makeup I mean did you always know you wanted to be a makeup artist no no I think look I was born in 1961 and I was born in Nigeria in Africa so and my mum was a very young mum she was 17 when she had me so when you're abroad like that or whatever it's not like being in a western country where you've got magazines and you've got this and that my earliest memory is mum because she was a young woman and she was a very fashionable woman so seeing her get decked out you know we were I'm one of three so I've got two younger brothers so the fact that she was a housewife and she'd do all the cooking and do all the things and they had bits of entertainment but then how she'd sort of transform herself after her bath or shower and put the makeup on and just become this other persona used to make me feel oh my god you could see the transformative power of that. So that's my first foray into makeup. And then I came here to this country when I was 12. So even then, although you had magazines and you looked at things, it wasn't, I, I was a student, I was studying, my father was a doctor. I wanted to be a doctor. So it wasn't that, oh, I'm going to be a makeup artist. I didn't even think that sort of profession existed, you know. So you're... Now in the UK? Yes, and have been since 1973 is when I think we've moved here. And at this point, you, so you were just kind of at school and No, I was just at school. I was at secondary school. And where did the makeup come into it? Again, it was even growing up because I watched mum and I looked at magazines I would I had my walls full of all the models of that time you know like whoever like blonde ladies you know all the ladies from the 70s and I just look at them and you try and copy it on on yourself yeah and so it wasn't as such oh I'm going to do this as a profession because I still didn't know that that's what you did it's just to try and do it like if we went out I was useless with my hair and I was still pretty useless mm-hmm. so my friends would do my hair and I'd do their makeup. makeup I just do their makeup and um my mum would feed us and then off we go to the disco or this or that you know and then gradually the love is there so you can't nurture that you can't learn that from so the love is there I finished you know my O levels A levels I went to university I studied economics so it wasn't oh I'm going to do this it's after in a funny way it's probably come to it a lot later than normal is that when I met my then boyfriend and he became my husband by fluke I assisted a makeup artist because it was fashion week time and she needed assistance and um he said look you're really good with makeup do you want to do so she kind of threw those 
access all the area passes at oh, me. Oh, my gosh. And she goes, all right, then I'll see you at 4.30. And I think my face must have fallen. I went, 4.30 in the morning? And she's like, well, we've got 35 models and the show's at 9.30. So when do you think you want to turn up? And I was like, I'll be there at four, thanks. <laughs> so it just started from there. So I'm not formally trained. I I was the assistant. I sort of organised her. You watch as you go and then you you assist and you train and then she'd throw the odd job here, my when, and then gradually, you know, you find an agent and it took off from there. It wasn't it wasn't like a you know, everyone thinks you just do this and you're one minute you're this and next minute you're a star. It's not like that. It's a lot of hard work and you know, I just soldiered through and I was plus by then I was married, I had a young daughter. So you're juggling lots of things. I think it's very true actually that I think now that we have social media at our fingertips and you only get part of a story, people think that these eureka moments happen overnight. And I mean, they do happen because I've had a lot of luck just by the fact of meeting that lady on that day. My life took a whole tangent. Otherwise, I would have gone and done a master's probably or got a job in the diplomatic corps or... You which would have know. all involved similar things, travel, meeting people, but it wouldn't have been that scale, you know. Yeah. So there is a bit of that, but it's not as boom as people assume, you know. No. You still have to graft at it and keep working on it. You know, um, you had this wall of all of the models when you were first kind of teaching yourself your makeup. And obviously now you've worked with so many people yes. that we couldn't begin to reel off. Was there anyone on the wall that you've since done their makeup? No, because you've grown with them, you know. So there are lots of models that um, I worked with in my youth as first as a as an assistant. Then I'd become the lead makeup artist myself, and it's yeah. it's a progression, you know. It's not it's not just oh my god, I remember you as a as an underling, and now suddenly you're there. it's not that. It's just it's like every human relation that you build, it evolves, doesn't it? And it yeah. grows, and then. Some you see again, some, and the nicest thing about now is models at a certain age, that used to be their cutoff point. Now it's not like that. You can no. see them coming back again and they might have gone and had a kid and they've come back and they've done this. and So it's a really wonderful time in that way that you can catch up with someone and go, where have you been? And then, <laughs> you know, she's there or I haven't seen her for years, but they're back again or we reminisce about the old days or it's amazing. It's amazing. So one of the things I think everyone will really know you for and, you know, it was such a big makeup moment was Ruby and Millie. And I'd actually really love to just go back to the beginning of that. Um, What kind of was the Eureka moment where you and Millie Kendall were like, let's do this, let's make this brand. And what were some of the considerations you had when you were putting it together? There are lots of things. It's not just a Eureka moment that me and her just sat there and said, we're going to do this brand. It doesn't. You have lots of meetings, lots of talks, lots of um, interaction and bouncing up the ideas. And eventually, when we were given the go ahead, we created a full blown range that included, you know, so it'd have skin, it would have eye makeup lip things so all our things the three linchpins there were having wonderful packaging which we were really known for that sort of innovative packaging at that time yeah formula because I was a jobbing makeup artist and so I didn't want something that just looked great but didn't perform it had to be reasonably priced it couldn't just be at such a high luxury it was more a mastige brand so it was 
luxury, but for the masses. And those are the three linchpins of that. And then you start off, you know, you literally have a blank piece of paper and you think, okay, category lipsticks. What are we going to do? Well, there is two of us. So I've got things that I love that work as a professional in my kit. I've got things as a woman and as an Asian woman, a dark woman. So I've got little things. So then she's got her ideas, you know. Um, so we just both would bring all our favourites in one go, swatch it all out, do all that. And then you realise, okay, this one and this one are similar. So, okay, we can okay. have one like that. And in the end, you know, there were 60 lipsticks we worked out like that. You go through, you go through, you go through. Then you brief the lab. It's a whole big process. So it's not just, oh, I've just got that. And you, you have to do all the work. There was a bit of a gap, would we say, in terms of... Um you having your own products as such because Ruby and Millie um, ran well, it its court, well. 15 years later, you know, like 1998 we launched and then uh, and then it's sort of after a long time, after a long time for, for various reasons, um, not because it was unsuccessful, but, you know, all kinds of things. Everything, you know, nothing stays exactly the same no. in everything and um, it came to an end and then there's a lot, you know, you continue working as it is and then, Unfortunately, my my mum was diagnosed with cancer in 2011. So that was a big knock for me because with her passing away, it's like I was 50 and suddenly I'm an orphan nanny. You know, I've got no parents alive and my dad died 14 years ago. And it was, it's quite hard. And when you're doing something creative, I think people just think it's not a formula. You know, you don't just sit there and etch it all out and do it. Some brands are like that, but all the brands I've been associated with or anything I've done, it, there's been a labour of love. It's been a passion. It's an extension of that. Yeah. So I didn't really have that in me. And then, you know, gradually as you, as the morning period takes over and as you rebuild your confidence, you get back to where you are, you know, you find yourself again. Gradually, and you know, in the meantime, everyone's asking you, "What are you doing? Are you going to do something?" And you're like, "Oh no, not like that." And then, <laughs> and then you kind of wake up out of a bubble, and our whole industry and our whole life has actually changed because if you, it was like being ripped by a wrinkle and waking up and then seeing, "Oh my God, what is this social media stuff? What is all that Twitter and all of that?" Coming back to, I know you mentioned there that you you'd experienced those griefs and. Um, it was a knock to your confidence and you kind of built the confidence back. What kind of steps did you take or how did that process happen for you? It's really funny because people think you're either born super confident and then it gets knocked out of you and then you can never get it back again. And I think with age, all I can say, because it's not just, you know, look, I've been married and I was divorced after 15 years. That took a big blow to one's life too because that's it broke up my family you know my my daughter's life my life you feel a failure you feel I'm not good enough is that why my husband decided to run off with somebody else so you know like you you but then you've got to come out of that because is that is that the end of life no it isn't it's just another aspect of life you've still got to function as a human being you've got to function as a professional I've still got to go to work and mm. follow through then when you have this sort of grief, which is a as, as a loss, you can't hide it and 
put it under the table. But each one showed you that I thought when it was my divorce, I oh my God, I can never recover from that. But but you did. And then when you think you're never going to recover off the loss of mom or dad, again, you do. But there are things in you where partly you do go into that dark tunnel. And I think you have to realize that where you're going, spiraling down there, it's, it's natural. And it, there might be just moments of it. And some people fall into a deep black hole. But you have to sort of sometimes, it, there's nothing to do, just lie under the duvet and cry yourself silly. You know, I have done that. Then there's other bits when you think, well, I've done that for one day, two days. Now I'm going to have to get up and wash my hair and brush my teeth. And God, I don't exactly look good. And you go out and you get a cup of, you know buy a bottle of milk you do little nano steps yeah there's also big steps where you've got friends and family and you've got a faith in the one above I'm not religious in that way but I know that there is a divine there's a powerful strength there you you ask and all my life I think I was so grateful at this horrible time that I've obviously done nice things for people because they did a lot of nice things back for me. And there's a, there is that bit of reciprocal. If you've been a selfish person all your life, you're not going to get that sort of support when you need it. And it doesn't come tit for tat from the exact person you gave it to. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. a bigger, a bigger, bigger equation. I think it's a bigger equation. In. And deep down, um, Probably just knowing that I was one of the lucky, blessed few that I knew I had been unconditionally loved by my parents. I'd been, they never thwarted me as a woman, you know, that you can't do this or you can only do this as a girl. They pushed for you. They loved you. And you realize they've just changed their energy in a different way and it's still all there. So that helps too, that she's left you, yes, in the material world, but she's still there giving you a bolster. I have a daughter. I've got to survive and show her that you can't crumble from that. It's not a fake putting on a jacket and padding yourself out either. I think that doesn't last very long, you know, to build your confidence or bolster you up. So the first thing is I must have done it because people gave that to me. I had a deep reservoir and it was deep. You had to dig deep down because you're so upset by the top superficial things but you nurture that. I had to sort of make sure you eat properly because your sugar levels and your hormone, you know, things go up and down. So you need to, even if it's something, just slurp it down, get it down. So there are practical Practical, things. Yeah, There are practical things and not diving into that sort of wallowing self-pity but I can't help it I've done it too where you think you know I'll just have another drink but that doesn't do anything it just numbs you yeah you've got to feel it and work through it you know and experience yes and acknowledge it and then say I'm struggling today and tomorrow is another day tomorrow is another day and it can give you hope and it does give you hope and some of it you have to do for yourself you know there's only so much that people can mollycoddle you or look after you but where it is selfishly take it if that's what it gets you to to stop your jitteriness or your fragileness or vulnerability take it and remember to give that to somebody again in the future when they need it I read somewhere that 
kind of um, the inspiration for your latest range of kind of tools and accessories and things was from that you'd experienced kind of the grief of your mom and you were ready to do something positive again and something a bit more creative again. So I didn't want to give the impression that I was just walking around trudging. It was a deep, deep loss, but I wasn't, I am... I'm an optimist, I think. If somebody described me, would you be this? Would you? I'm a realist, but I'm an optimist. I believe that that gives you hope and that makes you energise yourself and galvanise yourself into action. So even though people were asking, what would you do, what would you not do? I wasn't just going to come out with something just for the heck of it. But when I was ready, you get your creative itch and I think, oh, yeah, I'm ready to do something. So then I was thinking, what should I do? And then you look at the marketplace as it was and... I have created, I've been in that mass market, you know, big on the high street, big full-blown ranges. And I thought, oh my God, to do that, I'm going to need tons of investment again. And it's a very, very deep commitment because I I know what that entails. And I thought, I don't know if I really want to do that. So I looked and I've always been true to myself. When, When I was younger, that was my energy. I could give it my all. Now, now this is bears my name and it's about me. So I did what truly pleases me and brings me joy. Like, you know, there's still elements of functionality, how it looks, how it performs. Um, I love nail things. So there's a little nail kit. Um, I've got these little brush pots that when you look at them. I've got the brush pots. They're lovely. <laughs> the white yeah. ceramic with yeah. the pops of with colour the inside. So it's They're again, beautiful. It's not obvious to everyone because they're looking at it to make a correlation a to b and i'm like there's so many wonderful brands out there there's so many artists out there why not put some of their brushes into this pot and you know what it gives you a bloom and i've only put my label logo on one side so if you didn't it's want very my name subtle, yeah if you didn't want it you can twist it around and it's an object it doesn't have to be about ruby hammer either i've just done it like that yeah so it's very organic and thought out but not so complex and I wasn't sitting there working out oh my god I've got to do this and I've got to hit this market and that I've just, just gone done, with gut yeah, instincts gone, gone with my gut gone with what I like it's very clear what I like and well next stage might be a few cosmetic bits but again edited small yeah and I there's so many wonderful brands out there nobody whether they're an artist or they're a woman has just something from one brand no. From the minute she starts buying makeup to the minute she leaves this planet. It's always a mixture of things, isn't there? There's yeah. some bits are treats, some bits you're given, some bits you've got to have that if it kills me. You know, there are those. So I just did it in that way. How do you feel about, you know, this current landscape where everything's so perfect and there's a filter <laughs> on it and you can see that someone's in their living room with a perfect plate of food and balloons and all sorts that's just been a bit more contrived well this thing of trying to attain or achieve perfection you're always going to fall short aren't you like look I'm not very good at using the filter that's just because technically I'm a bozo I'm not very good at it so I've not used them but I can also see if it was a campaign or something that on that certain brand that I've worked on or something, yes, they've airbrushed it out and it looks a bit more flattering. Great. But also I love the fact that they're not doing that because 
it takes away that unrealistic expectation because yeah. everyone on Instagram, they're trying to be unique and they're trying to be, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm different. But you're not because you're all putting Looks this strip on, you're doing this concealer that goes from here to here then put a filter on and then when somebody looks at you with a naked eye you're like who's that person and has that product actually worked or is it a result of the lighting thing that you've played with so I think it's really good to be able to see that a concealer say or a corrector does do that much work and then you've not got an unexpected unrealistic expectations so sadly that's the bad side yeah. of all this it's social development. media and development and the bit that people then can feel oh my god I don't look as perfect as that and my life isn't as perfect as that and I don't cook as nice as that and I don't present it as nice as that because yeah. it's not only just the doing it's how you're it's lucky you've cooked out. it and you've served it what it's got to look <laughs> like it's in a michelin star restaurant as well you know like i haven't got those skills so it's 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 really hard and you're putting undue pressure on yourself and when you do that when you compare you're going to be better off than some people but you're always going to be you're going to fall short of others because somebody else has just done it that bit better than you so it's better not to do that and not to put that pressure on yourself one of my favorite quotes is comparison is the thief of joy it is it's it very is. true it, it's the, it is one true of the because easiest you will ways rob yourself of your peace of mind by doing that yeah my understanding is that your ethos and approach to makeup is more to just accentuate what's there and make the best of what's there and celebrate you know what makes a person unique is that always the way you've liked to approach makeup I think without I mean when I first started if somebody had asked me that question I wouldn't have known what is my trademark what is is that is that actually what I believe you know because it takes time to develop that ethos then when you see a body of work and you realize it I'm not scared of color it's not like I haven't done avant-garde fashion shows I've done it all and if if that's what a client wanted for me right now I can I can delve into it I can do it what I find I go back to again and again is that the subject that's in front of me, so whether that's an actress or whether that's a model or whether that's a person or whether that's somebody asking me a question, in the end, we've got things that are going for us with our features and that. And I've always liked doing that, bringing yeah. out what's in that person instead of wiping it all out and put my imprint on there. Yeah. I think now, yes, I'd have to say, yes, that is what I believe in. That is how inherently my nature of how I bring my skills to work. You can tone down and sometimes you may mask it away because that makes her feel bad or that's what they want, toning down. We can do that. But in the end, it's about enhancement. It's not hiding behind something. And making the person feel really confident as well, I think. Totally, because the thing about makeup is... It is a double-edged sword because some days you're glowing, you're basking, you've eaten well, you've slept well, you've been on holiday, life is blooming. Makeup reflects that as well. You can just do a lot of time. But there is the reverse where the skin is broken out. What do I do? Makeup has the power to help you put all that down and give you that mask, not in a horrible way, but to go out and face... Do you know what I mean? So it's a bit yeah. of armour, it's a bit of a, 
it's like it's freezing cold out there. You're not going to go out there naked, are you? You're going to put something on warm so that it can you can cope with the the world ahead the of world you, ahead of you in a confident, nice way. So I look at it like that. So as long as you're not using it constantly to hide behind and you don't show who you really are, and oh, you're not you don't want to reveal what that real core person is. You know, because yeah. like, there are some women that they you never see them without any makeup. Ever. Nobody in their lives ever sees, and that's it, and they only feel they look good without that. I think that that's not the case. You know, you if you take care of your skin and you eat well and you exercise, you protect yourself from the sun, the makeup that you then put on only it's going to look, look stunning. Yeah. And then you're going to play with it a different way for at night or celebration where it's festive or it's a wedding or it's whatever it is. And it's so much fun to play with and yeah. you wipe it off and that's it. And do you find, I mean, so you've worked across so many different projects, whether it's yes. a one-to-one person, magazines, fashion shows, TV shows, A-list celebrities, you name it. Um, and I think there's a perception that people in positions like that, you know, a movie star, a fashion model are super, super confident people. Do they have hang-ups just like the rest of us? Of course they do. And at the end of the day, male, female, big stars or not, they're human. Yeah. They're human. And sometimes you'll see, I know, uh, I mean, drop-dead gorgeous person and when they manifest what they're saying, because when you work as a makeup artist or hairdresser or somebody working with them close to, it is an intimate environment. So they, if you're that sort of person, you bring that out in them that they feel comfortable and they say it and you can see it. And then there are other women that are, because they've probably learned their own lessons, they're that and they help pass that confidence on around. So it's all there and it's all everyone's day and everyone's life is not the same is it so depending what circumstances they're going through it comes out in different ways but all of us can have that bit of confidence that we can pass around and sometimes that confidence gets undermined and it's got nothing to do with who they are professionally you know, there's a gorgeous girl and she thinks there's something wrong with her, you know, because they have got an image to also uphold. maintain and uphold and are we adding to that? And you think, oh, my gosh, she's got gorgeous skin. She doesn't have to put this much on, but she's telling you that you you need it or you don't or whatever. So, if you're with someone in that scenario and you can tell from, a, from an artist's point of view, yes. you can tell that that person isn't feeling the most confident what kind of steps do you take to try and bring them into a better headspace? I think the first thing is because you've been given an opportunity. You know, you've got the chance. It's not somebody else, then it's it's me. So you kind of can't, I don't take it personally because I think there must be something going on in that person, whatever that is. So we, whatever it is, we just nurture that person. So whether that is with my makeup skills or just looking at her and not blowing smoke up their ass either because it's not fake praise because that's yeah. not going to do anything no just genuinely whether it's a cup of tea or making sure they've got water or i'm quite good at i'm not trained but i'm quite strong with my hands for massage with their face or their shoulders or their hands or their arms or just, just a bit of touch makes all the difference touch. yeah and then if it's too firm i say look i'm a bit heavy-handed is that what i think oh, no, i love that <laughs> so whatever and also 
they might have hit it off with another one of your colleagues, not try to compete with that and then realise, oh, she's hit it off with that person. She's Let comfortable that, with, that person. with that person. Give her that. Or just keeping all your antennas open yeah. to make that person's experience really good today so that she can look great in front of the camera or in front of the thing, have a nice actual experience. And then if she asks this thing, because sometimes they do ask your age or, and they're they shot and they look at you and they go, <laughs> who does the eyebrows like that? And then you can share information. You yeah. can have a laugh about something. It's just that being yeah. real. And as long as intention is there, I think it bears good fruit. And what do you do when it's you, if you're having a, a less than confident day and you need to pick yourself back up? It could be something as a nice cup of tea with a bit of sugar that I shouldn't have. But you know what? I won't deny myself. Good for you. It could be sitting there thinking about my late mum going, you know what, she wouldn't like this. Pull yourself up when she's sending you her love and energy. Try and muster it. Try. It doesn't mean you're going to succeed, but just at least try yeah it could be talking to my daughter or my close friends it could be talking to my brothers you know it's not just a female thing it's whatever is needed it could be sitting there going you know what I'm just going to get under this duvet and watch that box thingy until he's going what have you done today and I'm like oh nothing I just had a bit <laughs> of a tidy up just like, yeah, very busy yeah. whatever <laughs> and then knowing other days you can move a mountain you know so today you can't you can't I can sit and meditate, you can have a lovely hot bath, you can do a bit of a face mask, you can actually sometimes, the new products that are sent, you sit down and you have a pain because I'm playing with them, but I'm obviously judging them, That what would that look like on a different skin tone, in the meantime I've done it and then the postman comes and I look like a loony, he's looking at you and he's trying to, I'm, like, I'm testing, he goes oh yeah, yeah, because anything like that that yeah. gives you a, a smile, a, a bit of a laugh that he's seen you. It, it's just funny. So little things. Yeah. Well, sometimes it could be a big thing where I think, right, I'm going to go and have a massage because that shoulder is really aching or I need to go and have a nurturing treatment or we need to go and eat something really nice or you need to go on a big long walk and sweat it out or go and have infrared red sauna or do something. Don't just sit here and wallow. You know, whatever that you can do or time allows i try and do ruby it's been so lovely talking to you <laughs> thank you so to much talk to you. it's been lovely to come to your house as thank well you. thank it's you always for lovely me. when you uh get to kind of experience what someone's relaxing place looks like <laughs> but um for anyone that wants to keep up with you can you tell us where we can find you I think the best place is rubyhammer.com because uh, gradually we've only just launched in September, but you know, there are the products are there. There's a little bit of a blog. There's a bit of a, that's probably the best way. And somebody can ask a question or I'm on Instagram. I am on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I don't know how interactive I'm on there, but I try, you know, and I have got a team members. Sometimes they know that if I'm traveling or that, they they do, but we endeavor to keep it real and get back to everyone that way. So those, those would be the best. Brilliant. Thank you so much, <laughs> Ruby. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find us on social media at It Cosmetics on Facebook, It Cosmetics UKI on Instagram, and discover more interviews like this at itcosmetics.co.uk. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.